Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. Over the next couple weeks, we're excited to share with you powerful messages from guest speakers and teachers live at the KMG Conference, speaking biblical truth, confidence, and leadership into men striving to show up boldly for the call on their lives. Be encouraged and challenged by each of these great communicators to strive to live a life like Christ. Here is today's message. How's everybody doing? Man. I so enjoyed our first speaker, Brother Shula. Man, did you rock it. That was awesome. Thank you for those encouraging words. Thank you very much. And just a real privilege to be here, a part of this first KMG. This is an outstanding gathering, and it's a real honor to, uh, to be a part of it. I had the great privilege of uh, being with Frank, as he alluded to in the, in, in the introduction. And uh, just excited to be here today. It's good to see you. Thanks for being here. Thank you, sir. Vince played almost 20 years as a professional football player. He slung that thing for the Raiders and the Bears. And as, and as I said, he spent a little stint at the University of Southern California Trojans. God, tell me God's not a great God. Bruin, Trojan, love each other. But I got to tell you, every time I say Trojan, I kind of, but anyway. So when I prayed about asking Vince to come on and be at our first KMG, and he said, absolutely. Lord really put on my heart, kind of doing a Q&A with him. And I just want to jump in. And, and Vince and I are in agreement. We're just going to let the Lord lead. I've got no notes. But talk if you would, Vince. We, we got to talk a little bit about football. And did you always know? that that's what your path was going to be. My goodness, you're one of very few people that can say they played professional football as a quarterback for almost 20 years. Well, I think growing up, Frank, in, in Greensboro, North Carolina, that was one of my passions was to, uh, to play sports. And uh, one of the things that I did coming home from church was to uh, prop myself in front of the television set and uh, look at the, the games that were on that Sunday and just would sit there and kind of dream about uh, the possibility of maybe becoming a professional football player myself, not really knowing how that would manifest itself. As uh, Pastor Shula talked about earlier, you know, those things, uh, there, there's nothing impossible, but I didn't really know how the pathway was going to lead me, uh, you know, to, to play. And so I just uh, went through the high school level uh, and uh, came... Uh, time for me to select a, a school to go to. Um, and I'll never forget, we were uh, sitting in front of the television, and there was this uh, football game that was on. USC was playing UCLA for a berth to go to the Rose Bowl, and uh, SC was losing the game with minutes to go. And uh, the quarterback handed the ball to this pretty average running back at the time. I don't know if you ever heard of him. His name was uh, O.J. Simpson. <clears throat> And uh, so O.J. makes this 64-yard uh, touchdown run to win the game for USC. And uh, 
I'm sitting there with my dad and the rest of my family. We're in the living room. And after me seeing this run, I say to my dad, who's sitting next to me, I said, Dad, that's the school I'm going to someday. And he looked at me about like you folks are looking at me and said, boy, you have lost your mind. <laughs> but little did my father know and, and many of those that I grew up with, uh, did they understand that that was a, uh, a desire, that was a passion, that was a, uh, a dream that I had, did not know how all of that was going to materialize or come about. But uh, uh, it, it was just in my heart to want to do that. So let's talk a little bit about after SC. You played in pro football for almost 20 years, and I know you shared your story on the air. Let's just say when you started taking snap, snaps for the Raiders, uh, well, there wasn't a time when you took a snap in the NFL where let's just say you weren't walking straight. Well, I mean, uh, I've been a heathen uh, for most of my life. Uh, you know, I grew up in a, uh, uh, a Christian home, if you will. We, we went to church every Sunday. Uh, that was sort of a prerequisite in our household. Uh, there was a lot of dysfunction in our household. Uh, my father abused my mother. Uh, and we would go to church on Sunday and just act like everything was good. And so there was a lot of pain that I carried on the inside. And... Uh, uh, my dad told me one day that I would never amount to anything in life. And uh, I think football and playing sports was one of, that, one of those vehicles that I kind of used as a, a, a point of, of brotherhood, a point of uh, having a family outside of the one that uh, I was living in at 1800 Carlton Avenue because really when I think back on those times, um, uh, there was a lot of loneliness in our, in our home. And uh, we would pretend to look the part on Sundays, and, uh, but all doing throughout the week, it was a lot of turmoil going on. So share with the men here about what happened to you and how Christ got a hold of you, and then I want to do a follow-up about you coming into camp as being on fire for the Lord and what happened, but how, how did you become a Christian? What happened to you? Well, I, I think that... You know, I was under the illusion that um, if you have a certain status in life, then that status will inevitably give you a, a sense of well-being about yourself. Uh, both of my parents were educators. My, my father was a, a, a principal and an industrial arts teacher. My mother was a home economics teacher. They were in the educational field for 35 years. Uh, not really seeing a lot of happiness in them, but they taught us the ability of, of going out and working hard and trying to uh, achieve. And so uh, I felt like that would be parlayed over into sports as well. I mean, it, it, as the Reverend Schuler talked about, you know, you have to pay the price, you have to work hard, you have to go through arduous processes to get anything in life. And certainly that was the mantra by which I lived by. Uh, nothing was going to be given to us, and so we went out and worked hard for it, and I did that as an athlete. And um, I was playing with the Chicago Bears, and, and uh, we were playing the, uh, the Miami Dolphins down in Miami, 
And for those of you who have never seen me play, I'm sort of the, uh, was a scrambler back in the day. And, uh, and I was trying to get away from this would-be tackler who was in pursuit of me. And uh, in, in carrying through with that, he kind of nicked me on the arm. I didn't think anything of that. You know, you get bumps and bruises in the course of battle. Um, but after the game was over, there was a cut on my arm. Doctors put some antiseptic on it. Uh, and then we flew back to Chicago. So I get back to my, uh, my home in Chicago, and I've got to get up and go to the bathroom. And uh, I noticed that I couldn't move. Man, my lower extremities were, were paralyzed. And so I literally had to roll myself out of my bed uh, and, and try to make it to the bathroom. And so I ended up calling some friends of mine up and saying, hey, can you, can you guys come over and take me to the hospital? And so to make a long story short, they uh, got me to the hospital. I was running a temperature of about 105 degrees. It was continuing to, uh, to rise. The doctors didn't know how to get it down. Uh, they put cold packs on my body. And, uh, and I, was, I thought I was going to shiver to death. I was so cold. But... Uh, uh, they diagnosed me as having a staph infection. And characteristic of staph infection is that it uh, attacks the weakest tissues in the body. So it conceivably could have gone to my heart or brain, which would have been instant death. But fortunately, it lodged in the sacroiliac joint, uh, two joints in the back area. And uh, so I was in the hospital for a whole month. And as I'm in the hospital, Frank, you know, it's amazing how... Uh, religious we think we are, you know, and, uh, and, and that's what it took for me to, to recognize that um, all of the bravado, all of the statue, all of the perceptions of what um, I thought life was all about, and, and more importantly, what I thought that everybody in life was seeking after. I thought that I had that. I thought that I had arrived at that. And so it took a, um, an event like me being in the hospital to recognize that I needed to cry out to God uh, and to ask him, what do you want from me? What am I supposed to be doing? And I didn't get an answer from that question right away. Um, Thankfully, by God's grace, he allowed me to recuperate, and it was tremendously humbling for me because for all of my life, man, I was a, my body was my temple, and, and that's how I uh, made a living. Um, I, I used it in a lot of ways that I shouldn't have uh, in, in terms of with women and, and sex and drugs and, and these types of things, and so... You know, God was saying to me, um, you think you got it going on. I'm going to show you what you need to do. And it was, it was not until after I got out of the hospital, I, I had to learn how to walk again. My, my lower extremities had atrophied and uh, I had to literally use a walker to learn how to walk again uh, because I was so weak. And... Um, and then I was released from the hospital, was able to go home and, and recuperate. 
And I was watching this, uh, this program on television. Pastor Schuler's granddad <laughs> was preaching on television in 1980. And uh, he was talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how Jesus Christ had died for my sins. I was all along in my uh, apartment there. It was a very, very gloomy day in Chicago, and it didn't seem like the sun was going to come out at all. And so uh, when Reverend Shula had said that Jesus Christ had died for my sins, man, I just started weeping. I mean, it's as if it was yesterday. And... Uh, <laughs> I, uh, all I said to God is, I said, hey, man, if you're real, if you're real, I want you to come into my heart, and I want you to do something. Because all of the things that I had been doing up until that point, they didn't give me life. And, uh, and when I had asked him to come into my life, all I can tell you is that something dramatically changed in my heart, for real. This was not a religious situation. This is where the, the Spirit of God came and connected in my soul. And the reason why I say it with such passion and emphasis is because I used to cuss like a sailor. Because that was the bravado that as a football player, that was the, the, the line of communication. I didn't have a desire to do that anymore. I didn't have a desire to do a lot of things. Because the Bible says if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, behold, all things have become new. And so there was no relevance for a lot of the things that I used to do because I was a new man in Christ. And it was like the Spirit of God came down to reside on the inside of me. And that was the, that was the genesis for the new life that uh, was created in Vince Evans. And, and it was interesting because a lot of my teammates, once, uh, you know, once that had happened, you know, the guys that were looking for me to go and, you know, hang out at the bars and, and to run the ladies and, and to do all those things, they were looking at me like, what's wrong with you, man? You don't curse anymore. <laughs> they said, this boy done really lost his mind. And I had lost my mind because I had been taken over by the spirit of the living God. And uh, I'm grateful for that. Amen. So I want to ask you one final question and preface it this way. So this is the setup. Vince was on my show, two hours. He sends me a DVD. He said, you know, just check it out. And so a week or two went by, and I put it in, and it's Vince throwing the pigskin, touchdown, SC, and it's, I watched about 10 minutes, and it's just how blessed he was 
in the body God gave him. And I, I stopped that after about 10 minutes. And so I don't know if I called Vince or shot him a text. I said, brother, thanks for the DVD. Uh, I enjoyed it. And he said, did you see the end? And I'm thinking, I, I don't think I did. And, I, you know, I'm, do I tell the truth? Do I just, you know, yeah, end was great. <laughs> You know, for all I know, it could have been, you know, his SC MVP Rose Bowl. I don't know. So I said, no, I didn't. He said, brother, I didn't send you that to watch me throw a football. Watch the end. And so this is the way I want to throw it to you. What happened in the end of that DVD? Talk about how, yes, indeed, you had new life in Christ. And anything, I know we talked last week, anything God puts on your heart you want to share with the men as we wrap this up? Yeah, so uh, again, I'm going to earmark off of uh, several of the inspiring words that I heard from Pastor Schuler. And um, life is tough. And God sends us through very difficult things because there are people that are watching our lives. And they're watching us to see how we live under tumultuous circumstances, difficult circumstances. So when I was with the Raiders, um, there were a lot of different quarterbacks that came in and out of that organization. And it would be questionable whether or not I should have started uh, a lot of times uh, in those years. And the management selection was not to do so. And so, what I would do would see how I could be a servant to my teammates, how I could root for the guy legitimately who was the first string guy and really support him. And when I got the opportunity to get in, I would do the very best that I could do. One day we were in training camp and one of the starting left guards, Steve Wisniewski, came up to me and asked me, Vince, will you baptize me? I said, what? I mean, you know, Steve is about 6'6", 350. So first of all, how are you going to tell a guy like that no, right? <laughs> so I said, sure, Steve, I'll baptize you. And uh, so I called up uh, my pastor and I asked him for some relevant scripture, scriptures that were for, related to baptism and got those. And, so we met around the whirlpool during training camp now. Guys are tired, they're trying to get their rest, and we didn't know how many guys were gonna show up. So there were about 30 guys that showed up at this whirlpool in Oxnard, California. We read some scriptures, sang a few hymns, and not only did I baptize Steve Wisniewski, but I baptized 17 other guys who not only were baptized, but gave their lives to Jesus Christ, man. So that's, that's what I wanted Frank to see in that, in that video. I did watch it, believe me, more than once. So Vince, in the few moments we have, I know you've got battles going on and a lot of things we maybe need to not talk about or talk about, and you've got God's word right under your arm. 
what does God, by His power of the Holy Spirit, ask that you convey to the men this morning? Uh, Frank, I, I think that you started it off extremely well by saying that, saying that we need to rise up and be men, the men that God has called us to be. And the scripture that comes to my mind right now is in John, the 13th, 14th, and 15th chapter. Jesus is about to be betrayed. He's about to go to the cross. He's unsettled in his spirit. He's troubled in his spirit because he knows that Judas is about to betray him. But yet in John 14, he says, let not your hearts be troubled because what I'm about to do, what I'm about to do for all of humanity is I'm about to give my life. I'm about to die for all of humanity, for all of those who put their trust in me. I'm, I'm about to go to the Father on behalf of those who trust in what I'm about to do. The disciples did not understand the magnitude of what Jesus was doing until after the resurrection. And then the Holy Spirit came on those guys in the book of Acts and they were imbued with the same spirit that met me in 1979 that came into my heart. That's what God wants to do in each man's heart here today is he wants to transform us anew by the power of his spirit. But it requires us to be able to abide. And that word abide means to stay. You know, trials hit us all. All of us have various stories, different stages in life that we find ourselves in. But the question is, is are we abiding in Christ? If you abide in me and my what? Word abides in you. Then you shall ask what you will and it shall be done by my Father who is in heaven. Trials is the mechanism that Jesus uses to form us and to conform us to the likeness of his son. And so my parting word would be to just abide, to stay closer, to stay stronger. Let your time in the morning, as uh, Mr. Faye said about, what are you doing with your time? All the time that you're on the road, what are you doing when you get up in the morning? It ought to be a complete priority to spend that time <clears throat> asking the Lord to direct your day, to order your steps, to fulfill his purposes in your life. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Our lives are not our own. We've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live, yet not us, but Christ it's all about Christ. It's all about Christ. And as Frank alluded to, and I'll just share this in closing, um, when you talked about loving your wives, 
because this is where life really gets down. This is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life is to love my wife like Christ loved the church. I'm learning how to do that because I've never had it modeled to me before. My father did not, uh, he was not exemplary in that category. And so this, is a, this has been a, a, a work in motion, but it's a desire that I long to, to do more than anything in my life. Is to, is, is to know how to lay my life down for my wife and my family. This is the chief. So that would be my final word, brother. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.